Good morning to you as we um, stand on the uh, precipice of the beginning of the Great Lent. Uh, please forgive me for not commenting on uh, the gospel lesson this morning. Um, I often find myself, uh, by design, um, off the road uh, at the beginning of Lent. And so I've been here many times for Forgiveness Sunday, and uh, you've probably heard St. Nikolai's comments on this gospel uh, from me already many times. So... <coughs> I would like to uh, work for a few minutes on a, another theme, a very prominent theme on this Sunday, and that is um, this image of Adam, the first formed man, uh, sitting outside of the gates of paradise, weeping and lamenting over his sins, and asking God to let him back in. <coughs> let me read just a couple of these hymns uh, to you from our services of uh, last night. And, uh, of, yeah, from last night. Most honored paradise, comeliness, transcendent in splendor, the dwelling place perfected by God, unending joy and enjoyment, the glory of the righteous, the joy of the prophets, the dwelling place of the saints. Beseech the Creator of all by the tune of thy rustling leaves to open for me the gates which I closed by sin and that I may be made worthy to partake of the tree of life and joy which I enjoyed in the of all old. And so, on one level, uh, we can hear these words and say, how beautiful, we can look at it as poetry, and uh, it is poetry. But when we look at poetry, we don't automatically say that because it's poetic, that it's not real. Just because it's poetry, does that mean this is not real? How far, you know, we speak of the journey, the journey to Pascha. The journey to Pascha. How far is the journey? If I'm Adam... And there's the gates of paradise. How far is the journey? Well, it's about from here to here. You know, it's, a, it's about from here to here. You know, if we're, if we're, if we're looking at it, you know, on what I mean, how, how far is the journey? See, the journey, the journey is an inward journey. It's a journey of repentance. It is a spiritual journey. If it's a physical journey, well, I don't have very far to go, do I? <laughs> across the street, across the driveway. He's standing, he's sitting right in front of it, weeping. 
And so we know that this is a, that, that we're being called to a spiritual journey back to our homeland. But that doesn't mean it's not real. The second hymn, Verily Adam for eating was driven from paradise, wherefore he sat opposite thereto, wailing and mourning in a pitiful voice, saying, Woe is me, what hath befallen me, wretched man? I transgressed the one commandment of our my Lord and was denied denied all kinds of good things. I did one thing wrong and there was a whole bunch of bad stuff that happened. Wherefore, O most holy paradise, which for me was planted and for the sake of Eve was closed, implore Him who made thee that I may contemplate the flowers of thy garden. Contemplate. Implore him who made thee. Most holy paradise which was planted for me. Which was made for me. And God made it. And it's real. Let me read for you a few quotes from an article entitled Paradise and Hell According to the Orthodox Tradition. And I'll just say up front that I do not in any way, shape, or form agree with what I'm about to read to you. Paradise and hell are not two different places. Such an idea is an idolatrous concept. Rather, they signify two different conditions or or states of being which originate from the same uncreated source and are perceived by man as two differing experiences. More precisely, they're the same experience except that they're perceived differently by man depending on his internal state. Now, last Sunday we heard this gospel of the last judgment and God separated the sheep from the goats and and these people went into everlasting uh, life and these people went into everlasting torment. Now, am I to understand that this and this is the same place, that this is the same thing. And the only difference is right here in my mind, in my attitude, in my relationship with God. Consequently, he goes on, consequently paradise and hell are not a reward or a punishment or a condemnation, but the way that we individually experience the sight of Christ, depending on the condition of our heart. God doesn't punish in essence, although 
for educative purposes, as the scripture does mention punishment, but the more spiritual one becomes, the better he can comprehend the language of the scripture and sacred tradition. Well, I guess I got put in my place, didn't I? In 1971, a man named John Lennon wrote a song. Imagine, there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine. Isn't that great? No heaven, no hell. This man goes on. The experience of paradise or hell is beyond words or senses. It is an uncreated reality and not a created one. The Latins invented the myth that paradise and hell or both created realities. You know, I wonder if this man just listened to one too many Beatles songs. <laughs> you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. Orthodoxy doesn't make any promises to send man to any sort of paradise or hell. Yes, he does. There's more. <laughs> you know, if we don't believe paradise, paradise is real, then the next thing that we go after is, is Adam real? Is Adam real? Is Adam a real man? Maybe, maybe he's just a mythological representation of mankind found in the literature and the poetry of Scripture. We can't look at the, the Scriptures as, uh, you know, history or anything. Never mind, they gave the exact day, age he was when he gave birth to his children and exactly how old he was when he died. Never mind that. Do you believe Adam's a real man? If, if you don't, then how do you, how do you hear the hymns of the church? How do we hear the hymns of the church? The company of the angels was amazed when they beheld thee numbered among the dead. Yet thyself, O Savior, destroyed the power of death, and with thee... Raising up Adam and releasing all men from hell. You know the resurrection icon? The resurrection icon to trampling, the trampling down death by death. And Jesus Christ is trampling down death. And, and he's, he's lifting one hand here and here and raising two people up. And who are those people? They are Adam and Eve. And he went after him. 
If the first Adam is not a real man, is the last Adam a real man? The Lord Jesus Christ, is he a real man? Why is he called the last Adam if the first Adam isn't a real man? You see the door that this opens? To, to doubt, to the doubt of our faith? O paradise, perfect, all holy and blessed, planted for Adam's sake and shut because of Eve, pray to God for the fallen. In thy compassion, have mercy upon me who am fallen. And when St. Anthony was 105 years old, he said, I no longer fear God, but I love him. I still fear God. And I hope you do too. And I hope you're afraid of your sins. Because if we're not afraid of our sins, then what are we getting ready to do for the next six weeks? St. Hilary of Portier, in the person of Adam, God created all mankind. So how do we understand the sacred tradition? How does the mature man? You know, first we could do is, is read the sacred tradition. That's the first thing we could do. We could believe the sacred tradition. And this is the sacred tradition in the person of Adam. God created all mankind and all are implicated in his downfall which was not only the beginning of evil, but is a continuous power. St. John of Damascus, concerning paradise. Now when God was about to fashion man out of the visible and invisible creation, his own image and likeness to reign as king and ruler over all the earth and all it contains, he first made for him a kingdom in which he should live a life of happiness and prosperity, and this is the divine paradise planted in Eden by the hands of God, a very storehouse of joy and gladness on earth. Does this sound like something that is uncreated? <laughs> sure sounds created to me. A place prepared. Have you ever heard this verse? I go to prepare a place for you. The place prepared for the devil and his angels. This is not, we don't, this is not uncreated. God is uncreated. Now, have you ever heard anybody say that hell is the love of God rejected? I've heard that. And I believe that. I believe that. Hell is the love of God rejected. But the experience of hell and hell is not the same thing. You know, we go to a movie theater and we experience the movie. 
Is the experience of the movie, the movie theater? St. <laughs> John of Damascus goes on. Forgive me if I'm going too long here. I'll wrap up quickly. <laughs> Some have pictured paradise as a realm of sense and others as a realm of mind. Okay, fine, all right, state of mind. Some have pictured it this way, some that way. He's talking about this back in the 8th century. It seems to me that just as man is a creature in whom we both find sense and mind blended together in like manner also... Man's holy temple combines the properties of sense and mind. That holy temple being paradise. Sensible and mindful. A place. A place created by God. And a condition of the mind. Both. Because man is both physical and uh, or, uh, material and immaterial. In body and soul. St. John of Damascus <clears throat> describes finally the fires of hell this, this way. We shall therefore rise again, our souls being once more united with our bodies, now made incorruptible and having put off corruption, and we shall stand beside the awful judgment seat of Christ. And the devils and his demons and the man that is his, that is the Antichrist and the impious and the sinful, will be given over to everlasting fire. Not material fire, like our fire, but such a fire as God would know. Now, when we say something is immaterial, we don't, that's not the same thing as saying uncreated. Because, because we're immaterial in our souls. Was our souls, were our souls created? Absolutely. So just because I say something is immaterial doesn't mean I'm saying that it is uncreated. <clears throat> the angels are described. He maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And St. John of Damascus says <clears throat> of this, he is himself the maker and creator of angels, for he brought them out of nothing into being and created them after his own image, an incorporeal race, a sort of spirit or immaterial fire. So the angels that we know are created are described as an immaterial fire. Okay, okay I'm done. We, <clears throat> we don't have to style our faith according to modern psychology or John Lennon's Imagine or be good, do good, everything's fine. God loves everybody. All dogs go to heaven. You know, it, we, 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 don't ha we don't have to go there. God is, uh, God is a loving God, but he warns us and calls us to repentance, and he has prepared 
a place for the righteous and a place for those who hate him, who hate him. Not a place for those he hates because he he doesn't hate anybody. But a place for those who hate him. And so, let's take to heart these hymns that are presented before us. We pray what we believe. We believe what we pray. And these spiritual places presented before us in these lessons last Sunday and this Sunday are for our edification to bring us to repentance and to give us hope of salvation and life everlasting with God. Amen.